Have you ever moved to a new place and felt like things weren't quite right in a way you couldn't really describe? The movies we're discussing today explore that feeling and how it can affect everything around you. Welcome to the Crossroads Podcast. Welcome to the Crossroads Podcast. Today we will be taking a look at 1980s The Changeling and 2020s Rob. And I'm your other host, Ryan. Let's uh, take it away with The Changeling. Yeah. So The Changeling is a little known but pretty well respected haunted house movie from 1980, directed by Peter Medic, starring George C. Scott, Trish Van Devere, his wife, and Melvin Douglas. So this is a movie that I saw for the first time maybe 10 years ago or so. People had just kind of talked about it a bunch, and I hadn't really seen it. I hadn't even really heard of it. And they had a copy at Barnes & Noble, and I grabbed it, and I watched it, and it's it's very scary. Yeah, my first experience with this movie is very similar to yours. I was I had to be about 17, and I was just getting into like movies as a big hobby, and my coworker recommended it, so I tracked it down at FYE and checked oh, it out. And Yeah, uh, I always thought it was a pretty scary movie, but watching it this week was the first time I watched it since, so it was interesting revisiting it 10 years later. Yeah, this is one of those movies that didn't really make a huge splash, but... A lot of horror devotees just are in love with this movie, and for good reason. An interesting thing about The Changeling is, even if you haven't seen it, you probably have. Because every modern haunted house movie has ripped this movie off. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not a bad thing, because The no. Changeling excels at it. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate because the, the name doesn't really describe what's what's really going on for most of the movie, and that's... So, there's a slight issue that I have with it that we'll get into. Yeah, that comes but, more into play at the end, which is by far the least interesting part of the film. Yes, but uh, as a brief synopsis, uh, George C. Scott, who is you know, a pretty well-respected actor, he plays a character named John Russell, who is a famous composer and, uh, and lecturer. And his uh, family is killed in a pretty brutal car accident and while mourning for them he moves into this big abandoned house and starts experiencing a bunch of really weird paranormal experiences yeah uh, so so the house begins to almost communicate with him as you would expect from a haunted house movie and the first half really plays into the horror aspect of that story but then the second half is more of a mystery Yes, and that's where the movie starts to lose me anyway. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely when, a change of pace and a complete tonal shift. So unless unless you kind of know what to expect, it might take some people off guard. Yes, and that's the issue that I had with it this time, is that I was in such a mood for a good haunted house story. And this movie does have some great scares. I'm not going to beat around yes. the bush there. It's There's some really scary moments that are very subtle and well handled, but... 
Then there's, there's also, also big bombastic set pieces. Like that yeah. seance scene is yes. one of the best seance scenes in film history. Yes, it looks like that woman is in an actual trance. She looks like she has no control over her body, and it's yeah. very convincing and creepy. And every major seance scene since then has probably just torn this completely, ripped us off completely. Oh, yeah. Uh, Insidious from 2010. Mm-hmm. It, it's the exact same seance scene, but nowhere near yeah. as scary. Yeah. It, I mean, she is horrifying in this she just looks like there's something channeling through her yeah. it's so creepy there's uh there's you know a lot of the stuff that's become cliche was not as cliche at the time yeah this was one of the first times a scene like that was on film yeah there's you know banging in the pipes and there's uh there's this little ball that his daughter had that keeps coming around and it's it, it's really good and then it gets to this whole other half that's almost like a political intrigue that just doesn't fit the tone. Yeah, it feels like a completely different movie. But the ending kind of brings it all together, and I appreciate yes. that aspect of it. But up until that point, that final 20 minutes, just feels like a completely different movie, and the it just comes out of nowhere. Yes, that's... That's my biggest complaint about this. Now, that being said, the movie is fantastic. Yeah, that's probably my only complaint as well. It's very well acted. The mm-hmm. lighting is fantastic. The use yes. of shadows and and just the house as a character. Yes. The score, we should also make mention of, the mm-hmm. main character is a composer. So a lot of the score is just piano and cello. Yes. and Or piano and string quartet. It really mm-hmm. fits the atmosphere and elevates the scares. Yes. And George C. Scott does play some of the score himself on screen, which is pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. Uh, it just it kind of breaks the fourth wall just enough to be a little unnerving. I found and it I a really little... I appreciate that. I found it to be a little more... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Authentic, I guess? Yeah. Immersive. Immersive is the word I'm thinking. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Just seeing him play on the screen with the big bombastic piano in the soundtrack just really sucked me right into the scene. Yeah. Yeah. So th- there's some really good stuff. A lot of it, unfortunately, is limited to the first half of the movie. All the time he's he's in the house, it's great. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of time where he's not in the house and that can be less fun. It's, it's sort of, it, it's kind of like a, the Knives Out problem where... Whenever you're in the movie that it really wants to be, it's amazing. But whenever it's yeah. off doing other things, it can just be very distracting and yeah. weird. The scenes in any movie where it just has a weird total shift just feels mm. like filler to me. Yeah. It's like they had a short film idea, but the studio wanted it to be longer. Yes, and it does feel like that. There is definitely some bizarre padding. There's this weird sequence on a, on airport tar- airport tarmac that doesn't need to be there yeah that's a really odd scene yeah uh anyway we're i don't want to beat down (laughs) this movie is is quite good uh the problem with a movie like this is it's really hard to explain why without giving just a ton of it away yeah and it deserves to go in you know as blind as you can yeah it's a really solid horror film from the 80s and if you have any interest in like horror film history this is one that inspired countless films afterwards. Yes, there's some really cool effects in it, especially for the time. This was made before even The Shining had kind of solidified a lot of these same tropes. Yeah, The Shining there's... came out beforehand, but it took a little longer to get traction. 
Yes, this was shot before, I believe. But was it? Uh, yeah, this was shot in 1979, 70, oh, oh. 78 and 79. Shining, uh, I believe, was filmed in 79 and released in 80. This didn't come out until 81. Okay. Yeah, movies are weird. It can take it take forever for a film to get made, and then it can come out immediately, or it can just sit around in a can forever. Yeah, we're trying to find. <laughs> film politics are weird. It all depends on what the other studios are doing. A lot of the time, yeah, it's really kind of a shame. It's just, it's all about, you know, who's doing what, and that's yeah. why you'll see, a, you know, a movie coming out and then something else very similar coming out within a year. You know, I think yeah. the one that everyone talks about is like Deep Impact versus Armageddon. But oh, yeah. That happens all the time. Yeah, it's all about the competition. Yeah, which is a shame because I think originality is, you know, maybe not so much right now when everything's a superhero movie, but yeah. originality does go a long way in in uh, making making great movies, great horror yeah. movies especially. For sure. But that's a topic for another time. Um, <laughs> yeah. We could talk about film politics all day. Yeah. Maybe we should do an episode on that. That, that would be fun. Uh, but uh, for the moment, I think I've said everything I can yeah. say. Uh, we'll have a comparison towards the end. But do you want to uh, move on to our second feature, His House? Yeah. Um, His House was released last year in 2020 on Netflix. It's about a refugee couple that escaped their... Their homes, town? Would it no? They uh, they escaped from from South, South Sudan. Sudan. Yes, it's about a refugee couple that escaped from South Sudan, and when they get granted asylum in, I believe it's London. They... It's uh, it's unspecified. It's probably not London, okay. but it's some small town in England. Okay, well, when they get to their uh, their shelter, yeah, it's haunted. Yes. This movie is very interesting from a lot of perspectives. It delves into politics that Americans and probably even the British don't know much about. This is a very British film. Even Oh, it's a very African and very British film. Yeah. Uh, and it's made for probably not much money. The only real name actors are... Uh, I think Wumi Masaku, from who plays Rial, who's probably best known for uh, Arkham Country, or uh, Matt Smith, who's who probably shot Three Days. He's great, but he's in very very yeah. little of it. And so I know you like this movie a lot more than I did. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's talk about the things we both agree on first. Yeah. Um, the storytelling aspect of this is done extremely well. Yes. It it mixes uh, flashbacks and dream sequences with uh, sort of like reality breaks and then just sort of straightforward reality shooting, uh, which I think makes a very dreamlike but powerful experience. Yeah. it And it does a really good job of making you feel for these characters right mm -hmm. away. It The movie starts with them escaping on a boat over yeah. a... Um, it's like a rough. Is it a river? I, I, uh, it's the English, I, the English Channel. They're okay. going. They're escaping yeah. from North Africa to England. Yeah, I don't know geography very well, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it opens with them on the rough sea, and they're just rocking back and forth, mm -hmm. and and there's a tragic moment that happens, and then it immediately just gets right into what their problem is, how can they escape it, and then 
moves on to Act Two. It it wastes no time. Yeah, this this movie also feels a lot like one of my personal favorite horror movies, Jacob's Ladder, in the way that it just shifts between a dreamlike surreality and then mm-hmm. just utter mundane horror. Yeah, there's times where you don't know if it's actually happening within the movie or if the main character is dreaming. Yeah, and both can be terrifying. Yes, and that's where the horror comes in. Mm. Like, the reality of the situation is just terrifying, and then the nightmares are just as bad. So do you want the character to to escape his nightmares? It's almost like you don't know. Yeah, there's... There's some really clever things done with the lighting as well. Uh, this movie is lit for black actors, which is a thing we don't normally see in Western film. Yes. The, um, the two leads, Wumi Masaku and Sope Tiziru, hopefully I pronounced that right, they look amazing in every shot they're in. Mm-hmm. Whereas someone like Matt Smith, who's a very handsome man, just looks washed out and sickly and fading into the walls. Yes. Because the movie is not lit for him. It's, it's a really nice touch. Yeah, and... Lighting in horror movies is typically dark to begin with, mm. so having it work perfectly against the setting with the actors, it's it's a feat that yeah. that Western films just don't really care about, and that's unfortunate. Yeah. yeah, there's a one thing I really appreciated too. There's a quick sequence where uh, Rial, who's the woman in the couple, is lost trying to find her way home, and she asks directions from three young black men in whatever town they're in. And you think, oh, she's safe. These, these guys are going to be nice to her. And they are just they awful. They are ruthless. They're, I mean, they're basically being ra- more xenophobic than racist. But yeah. They're, they're saying things that a white person might say to them in a different, in a lesser movie, I think. Yeah. And it's just one of the most horrifying things to happen is thoroughly mundane. I think it's a really nice but horribly effective yeah, touch. Yeah. It- it doesn't call attention to it because it's just so normal. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's the kind of thing that kept me glued to my seat was every, not everything that was going on, I felt very powerful, even mm-hmm. if it wasn't a thing that I necessarily enjoyed per se. Yeah. It was a thing that I felt connected to an experience that I have never had through yeah. the strength of the film. Yeah. It, the story's told extremely well. <laughs> But for me, the problem lies within the horror sequences. To me, they all felt very cheap. It was a lot of jump scares and yeah. like sharp music. It, it, those scenes took me out of the movie more than they dragged me in. Yes, I think I mean, you definitely have a point there. My personal theory on this is that a lot of that was studio interference. Yeah, and we talked about this a little earlier, but... I, I totally see that because horror movies are so cheap and marketable. Yeah. So marketing this as a horror movie when no people probably wouldn't want to go see a flat-out drama. People want to go be thrilled and be scared. Yeah. If you made this movie without the horror elements, it probably wouldn't do very well. It probably wouldn't have gotten all the viewers that it had and the, you know, the pretty warm reception it's received. Yeah. Uh, and I think it, at one point it had a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. It may no longer have that, but it's close. Uh, whereas if it was just a straightforward drama, which you could make this story into pretty easily, it yeah. probably would have been just discarded as Oscar bait. Yeah. Because it feels very Oscar baity until the ghosts start showing up. Yeah. 
there's some really cool surreal stuff, but I agree. The music is over the top. It really brings down the effect of the scares. Mm-hmm. I think if you had the same kind of jump scariness without that music, it may have been much more effective. Yeah, the music's really what always kills the jump scare. Because yeah. if 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 they're trying to put the viewer in the the character's shoes, they're not going to be hearing the sharp music. It's going to be silent. Yes. And it just takes me out of it. Yeah, and sometimes, especially for a first-time director, which uh, this this movie had, Remy Weeks is his first film as director, a lot of times some of that post-production stuff is taken out of their hands. And yes. the studio might have just gone, hey, we've got this composer, let's just put him in the movie and we'll take care of this. Yeah, unfortunately mm-hmm. that happens a lot. Studios just want to make their money and not, they don't really care about art yeah. anymore. Yes, and this was not a Netflix production. This was a movie that they purchased and and dis, um, distributed. I think so it was after the British Film Awards. Yes, so it may not have been 100% finished. They may have completed some of the stuff and may have put their own score on there. That does happen. Yeah. And that could be why that is a fairly weak part of, to me, an otherwise great movie. Yeah. Other, other than the horror stuff, I thought his house was extremely good the characters are very likable and you root for them the whole time yeah and there's also just some really cool political stuff that i think is handled incredibly well yeah it's a story that we don't really get told often but it needs to be told more yeah uh incidentally south sudan where they're escaping from is at the time of recording still the world's newest country it's about 10 years old uh it's also consistently one of the poorest countries that explains a lot of the stuff yes. that you see when there, there's those sequences there. Yeah. It's just brutal. Uh, one more thing I just want to point out that I loved. It's just a quick line, but uh, Rial said something along the lines of, you think I'm a, you think I'm afraid of ghosts after everything that we've seen? And I just like That's a that, great line. That, Fantastic line. Yeah, that put, that put chills down my spine. I'm like, oh. And it's delivered seeing, so yeah, well. She's seeing them too. She just doesn't care. Yeah. It's such a great moment. It's such a great character moment because there's issues with their relationship as well. Yeah. That this this movie, I'll need to watch it again a couple more times, I think. Yeah. And if it gets a physical release, I will be there. I I don't think Criterion would do it, but I hope they do. But there's. They've already announced uh, Sound of Metal for Criterion, so it's possible. But um, we should talk about the similarities between these two. Yeah. Um, His house. There's one scene in particular that's a straight homage to the Changeling. Yes. Uh, and it's not really spoilers, so do you want no. to talk about it? Yeah, there's a, there's a bit where they go out and get some food and come back and some fruit rolls out of the bag. And I think it's an apple comes ro- or a peach comes rolling in and then stops and then rolls a little farther. And it looks just like a shot from uh, the Changeling. Yeah, that's with the Changeling, it's with a rubber ball. Yeah. And it, it's the exact same shot. And a nice little callback like that is always welcomed. It's not in your face, and it's just subtle enough to where you know what it's from. Yeah, and if you're if you're not familiar, it doesn't take you out of the experience where it's like, yes. oh, should I be cheering for this thing I don't understand? Yes. Okay, cool. Because that, that can happen if you're not in on whatever's going on. Yeah. But uh, um, that's really the only, similar, or only callback I wanted to mention. It's a nice little touch. It is. And there's definitely some others. I mean, they're both horror movies with some political intrigue. Yeah. 
Uh, I think his house, his house does the, the political aspect so much better than the changeling. Yes, because they've built the whole plot around it and yes. mix it in with the scares a little bit more organically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the changeling, the the ending feels kind of forced. Yes, or I think it's a little bit more natural in a, in in his house. Uh, I'm just looking for uh, these these two actors are very busy. I'm just looking at that like they're that good for them because they're quite good. Um, what are they working on? Uh, Loki is a series called Loki. Is that about the? Yes. That's, Ooh, um, yeah. Yeah, that comes out. I think two weeks. Right. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Wumi Masaku will be in that. Right. Yeah. She was also in Fantastic Beasts. She was in Lovecraft Country, which was okay. I liked the book better. Yeah, I heard the show got kind of bland. <sighs> It meant well. I think it just needed a bit of a stronger vision behind it, which is kind yeah. of a shame. The, the book is quite good. And Jonathan Majors, you know, I'm a big fan of him. We talk about yeah. him all the time. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> sorry um, about that. I've said pretty much all I need to say about these two movies. Yeah. They're uh, both very similar. It's hard to compare and contrast because they are so similar, but yes. that doesn't really discredit any of the, either of them. They're no. both... Very good movies. Yes, and they're both very good haunted house movies in very different ways, and I think there is room in this world for both of them. Yes. And it would be, uh, I think, good viewing for anyone to to check out either one of these. I if think you had to moment, recommend one, which one would you recommend? I... Th- I think for the moment, his house is certainly the more the movie of the moment. So if you're yes. into you know the more modern take on things, that's definitely the one to go with. If you want a nice, good classic spooky ghost story, the Changeling is probably more your speed. It's I, really hard to compare one or the other because they're both. Yeah. I, I'm giving them both a, a strong recommend. Yeah, I think his house definitely tells the better story. Yeah, but Changeling is way scarier. Because subtle, yeah, subtle scares can be some of the best scares you're going you're going to get. And so for next week, do you want to do Mortal Kombat? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I saw the first five or so minutes on YouTube earlier uh, before we were setting up, and it looks way better than I was expecting. Yeah, it looks really good. Uh, but my question is, do you want to pair it with the original Mortal Kombat movie or Street Fighter the movie? <laughs> I think we should do Street Fighter because I oh, think we should too. <laughs> I'm apparently infamous among uh, among some <laughs> listeners for my opinions on that movie. So, oh yeah, having a chance to really kind of talk it, revisit it, and talk it out might be might be fun. <laughs> yeah, and you know what to expect this time. <laughs> yes, but I'm I'm actually way looking forward to Mortal Kombat when I wasn't even this morning. Yeah, just because of the strength of that that beginning. Yeah, I saw the initial trailer last month when they dropped it, and it blew me away. I, it wasn't even on my radar until I saw that trailer. Yeah, it's. Um, I liked that it was largely in Japanese, which mm-hmm. was cool. Uh, they're actually casting Asian people yep. for the roles that are clearly Asian mm-hmm. in, in this ninja game. I mean, blew, blew my mind. I mean, they had... Uh, a Frenchman playing the Asian god of thunder in the last movie. Oh my god. <laughs> well, the last but, real one. There was yeah, another yeah. one after the, that that was. Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yeah. 
for a movie that cost more money than the original, it looks significantly cheaper. Which yeah, is it, hard to do. It looks awful. I think they spent most of that money on marketing. But that is a conversation for next week. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I'm yeah. looking forward to that, which is unexpected. Yeah, it, it's going to be a good one. Yeah, I'm excited so, to finally see Street Fighter the movie. I've honestly never seen it. It's definitely interesting. Yeah, I um, played Street Fighter the movie The Game. <laughs> I think uh, you know, anyone listening should definitely check out his house on Netflix. If you have Netflix, it's you know a nice breezy hour and hour and a half, and it's quite enjoyable if you like being scared. And then you know check out Mortal Kombat and come join us next week in the Crossroads.